I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. Coming up on the Quick and the Dirty podcast, we are going to talk to Ottawa sexologist Sue McGarvey. If you've lived in the city for any amount of time, you certainly know that name. And today we're going to talk about the sleep divorce. So excited that you introduced me to Sue and that we could talk about this subject because I know we just bought a king bed in our house and I was unraveling a bit about what that meant about my relationship. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. So Sandra's going to pretend that she's kind of shy about this, but she's really not. And uh, we need to talk about the fact that our girl, Sandra, has a brand new fierce businesswoman project. She has launched her very own subscription box. Sandra, you got to tell us about the cherry. (laughs) Okay, first of all, any opportunity to talk about my box, I'm totally in. (laughs) So I was waiting for the laugh on that one. Thank you. Um, Hillary. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that I never thought I would do, but I've dreamed of doing for probably five years, maybe 10 years. And that's basically starting and running my own business. And I started a subscription box called The Cherry for women who are fun, flirty, and a little dirty. Basically women like us, Hillary, basically. Yeah. So like women that pretend that they're not really, really dirty, they're just a little dirty. <laughs> you know what? It's People are like, oh, is this a sex box? No, it's not a sex box. I say it's a sexy box and it's a flirty box, but you're not going to find like giant 10-inch dildos in this box. I mean, Damn. we might evolve to that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a tiny butt plug here and there, but we're not throwing dildos in. It is not a sex toy box. It's nothing like that. It's more, um, you know, think lifestyle. We've all seen those lifestyle boxes with, you know, giftables like the makeup and the luxury items and the skin carry. It's that. It's but the in stuff every- that makes you feel sexy. Yes. Some of it makes you feel sexy. Some of it makes you feel um, fun. There's definitely some fun items in there. But in every single box, in every single season, when it comes out, we are going to give you one dirty little secret. Just a little secret, a little fun item that's a little like, hey, girl. (laughs) If I I could describe it, the item's a, hey, girl. That's what it is. I love that. Oh, my gosh. So this is uh, a... quarterly subscription box how does this work yeah it's every season uh so you know summer fall winter spring it's a subscription which means you sign up and then the box automatically comes to you every three months at the start of the season so uh easy peasy it's uh called uh cherry summer 2021 is the name of the summer box it's our first one and i like i'm so excited about doing it because it's been a year in the making it's it's I don't want to sound like an asshole when I say this, but I have shed more tears over the mechanics of this box than I have over my own divorce this year. <laughs> okay. And I thought it's a shitty thing to say, but I found the box to be far more frustrating. So I've got to know, and I know you can't share the secret sassy item because I, I have a feeling oh. that that one's a secret. It's a little secret. It's just a little dirty item. Again, it's not a 10-inch dildo, everybody. Relax. <laughs> But the joy of it is it comes in a box that looks totally innocuous when it arrives at your door. Oh, yeah. It's just a brown box with a little sticker on it and no one, you know, but here's the thing. It dawned on me that 
you know, if you get this box, like you got to understand the situation. Like, don't open it around your five-year-old. You know, it's going to get weird. <laughs> or do it's or fine. do open. I mean, whatever. But it's it's it is a box predominantly for women. I say it's a box for men too because I I don't want to exclude anybody from a fabulous experience. You know what I mean? If you like makeup and you're a dude, this is great. Skincare, candles, sassy items, great. Why not? Oh, amazing. So if somebody wants to sign up and buy one of these boxes, where do they do it? Um, go to the website. We're actually, we're on socials first. Let me give you that. Instagram and Facebook go to at the cherry box. But I want to say this, the spelling of the cherry is not a typical spelling. It's spelled C-H-E-R-R-I-E. And the website is the cherry, C-H-E-R-R-I-E dot So like the French, it's very fancy. It's kind of. I mean, the truth, Hillary, is that buying the domain name the cherry with a Y cost a fortune because it's such a hot word. So I had to find a new spell. Sandra got creative. <laughs> I got cheap and creative, okay, people? But honestly, I love the logo. I love it. I, I, I've got a great team of people who are helping me. I'm a new entrepreneur. I'm going to make mistakes. And there's a huge learning curve. And it's, you know, when you put something out, you really just want it to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. And I, I have to accept the fact that it's, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow and well, I'm like going to the, make these. The product is beautiful, but it's all the other like business admin and all that stuff that kind of gets bogged down in, but you'll get there. That's fine. It's fine. And you know, I have to say the, the, my favorite part is that uh, earlier this week, I made the announcement on social media that I'd started this subscription box. How many of my fierce female friends um, have been sharing it on their socials and sending me personal notes and the support that I got just from, you know, 15 of these women that I know, including you, it just, it honestly, that was the most probably emotional part of this journey. It was so amazing. I really, and thank you for the nice note too, Hillary. We're really following in your example though, because what you're doing with this box it at this moment is kind of Ottawa centric, but not like it's available all over Canada, but like you're focusing on helping out Ottawa businesses too. Like you're yeah. supporting uh, small businesses and other entrepreneurs and you're just like leading the way in that fierce female, like let's just just give it for each other kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, I'm all about keeping our money friggin' north of the border because uh, how many of us are buying those subscription boxes that are American? And then once you pay the exchange rate, once you pay those exorbitant shipping fees, once you pay all that shit, this box ends up costing you a goddamn fortune and you're not really saving any money. Yes, it costs more to buy Canadian. Yes, it does. But at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. If you're going to spend $150 on, a, on an American box, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, and, for sure. And, and, and take the hit on the, the dollar, why aren't you just putting your money in Canada? It doesn't make sense to me, so we're trying to do the right thing here. And, of course, be fabulous at the same time. And what I love about your box is, like, you're straight up about what in it i find some of the other subscription services which will not be named but they uh, they make the box look really great but they're all add-on items like i oh, find right. that weird yeah no we we list everything except the one dirty little surprise <laughs> <laughs> just so that you can share it on more family-friendly sites let's exactly be all i'm just gonna say this is this it's a sticky surprise and that's it that's the only hint you all are getting uh, I don't, I'm, I don't even want to know. Let it be a surprise. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this podcast too. We're going to turn our attention to Sue McGarvey. This is going to be amazing. Have you ever heard of a sleep divorce? Sue, can I just say something? You and I met at an event 
um, many, many years ago. And we, I mean, I'm, I've only seen you a few times, yet I've certainly watched you from afar and listened to you often on the radio. Can I just say that when I met you, I was legit starstruck because I really admire the fact that you have been, uh, in many ways, a trailblazer for sex and talking about it openly at a time where people just kind of weren't having those conversations. So thank you so much for being here today. I really, I, I just love you. Oh, well, thanks, Sandra. Yeah, you're, you're pretty awesome, too. And, and I, you know, I, I feel like this, you know, elder statesman of sex. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's really funny to, you know, to hear that. And it's, it's usually when I go places and somebody sees my credit card or, or they're like, Stu, oh, my God, you taught me everything I needed to know. You it's, it's great. It's, it's, a, it's a really fun stage to be at where I get to, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. I get to talk about sex all the time. What a cool gig. So, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So, Sue, one of the main reasons we wanted to talk to you today is that uh, it comes in and out of the news cycle every once in a while, the idea of a sleep divorce and how some couples are saying that 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 is exactly what saved their marriage. The idea that they sleep in separate bedrooms, they come together when they want, but they aren't obligated to share that space to sleep. So we would be interested in, in hearing your thoughts on it. Sandra and I both have our own opinions and experiences on this. So we just want to have like a, an open discussion. What do you think about the sleep divorce? Well, um, it's, it's interesting you say that. You know, certainly my previous partner and I, uh, for a variety of reasons, mainly because we have different sleep cycles, I, you know, I turn into a pumpkin by 11 and I'm in bed most days by 10, 15 and up at dawn. And he stayed up till two o'clock in the morning and just, you just couldn't make that work. So you know, at least half the week I was in a different room. And he claims that was one of the reasons the relationship ended. I don't, I think it was, you know, I think there are many, many, many reasons why that happened. Um, on the other hand, I think that for a lot of people I see professionally, they sleep in different rooms because the partner snores or they just can't sleep. And I think for a lot of women at menopause at you know, where, where they're you know, up at four o'clock in the morning because their progesterone levels are low and you can't get back to sleep <laughs> or they're overheated and night sweats and they're, you know, going through sheets and sheets and sheets and it's just easier, then it really works. It allows them to be rested so they're, they're not doing the, what I call the seven dwarfs of menopause, right? Itchy, bitchy, sleepy, scratchy, exhausted, and able to function in a relationship. So I think there are pros and cons that there is, you know, the one thing I know about being a sex therapist is there is no one size fits all. The minute I start thinking that I'm dead in the water. So if I say, no, you have to sleep together, like, no, you have to, to manage that. And if you choose to be with them, and I, I tell people you choose every day to be with your partner, like you choose every day, this is I'm going to be with you. And if you choose every night whether to be with them or not. I don't think it impacts a healthy sex life. I think if you are really being mindful of having sex and being intimate, it's not as easy as rolling over and getting an erection in your back, going, all right, we're going to use this. Or, you know, just finding your partner, you know, if you're in a same-sex relationship, just, you know, being able to, to manage that instantly. You have, to be, you have to be mindful of it. And I think there is some... Well, there's some good things about that. Hillary, do you want to talk about your situation in the king-size bed that's coming your way? <laughs> well, I would have to 
agree, first of all, with Sue, because I think one of the reasons relationships break down, if not the only reason relationships break down, is a lack of communication. No matter what that's about, it's because something didn't get talked about or didn't get dealt with. And I think that that's one of the scariest things about the whole sleep divorce is that if you're not in the same room, if you're not spending time together and things are awkward, you can just avoid the situation. And I think like that really is what, what ends up killing relationships. But here's what's going on in my world. So I moved in with my partner just over a year ago and, um, I've been working from home and we have a queen size bed, which was never really an issue because for a really long time, we've been together about five years. We had like a weekend relationship. I lived in a different city uh, and we would see each other on weekends. So, you, you know, you make it work for two days, but we've both gotten really used to sleeping alone and now realize that between his shoulders and my hips, there's not a lot of space in a queen size bed. Yep. And we just can't do it anymore. I'm up early. I wake him up. It, it's just not working. So we're bringing in a king. But Sandra says that a king-size bed was the beginning of the end for her relationship. Yeah. So, Sandra, I have to ask you, um, why do you because say Because it, it, it literally created a space in our relationship, um, you know, figuratively, emotionally, whatever. When you stop... Living when you start living in a world where you stop touching, I I just felt that that was incredibly detrimental. You know, when you're stuck together in a king queen size bed, the touching happens. You know, there's a little cuddling, there's a soft caress, there's whatever. But in a king size bed, it was like you go to your corner, I go to my corner. Never the two shall meet. Our feet stop touching. Like all of it stopped happening. And whereas I I I liked it at the beginning because I had my space to myself. There was a point where I noticed, I'm like, wow, you never, you never roll over to touch me anymore. Like ever, 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 ever completely stopped. It was almost an excuse to get the fuck away from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I don't know how much of what I'm saying is true, but this is really what I felt that it was, it was very detrimental. And the more space you create between you and your partner, it's like the other person just takes it. On, like, or assume maybe they, he just wanted to get the fuck away from me, which I also understand. Well, it's, it's like it's anything with sex, right? If, if whatever's going on in the relationship, is, you know, sex, sex is, is, is just amplified with sex, right? And it's that expression that if, if, it, if your relationship is great, sex is just a part of it. If your relationship is not great, the lack of sex amplifies and it becomes a big thing. And I would say that there was that, that there, you know, it's, it, Synergenic, but I think that there's a lot of things that would have gone on in your relationship in terms of communication or not being safe for each of you to talk about something before it, it you know, and, and the king size bed in terms of sleep was a piece where that just, as I said, it just illustrated what was not going on. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. that yeah. I think if people, people are well rested, man, it is. So much easier. There was this article, and I posted it in my uh, date night group called the Ducklings. And I posted it in their group, talking about you know if if you you know if you have enough sleep, you get sex, or if you have sex, it increases. You get an extra hour of sleep because you've been laid. So it's that piece of of you know amplifying around sex and relationships that you really want to. Make sure you're well rested, or I want to. I want to choke everybody. Some people 
get hangry. I'm about sleep. If I'm sleep deprived, that's the only time I'm really grumpy. And, you know, so it depends on what that looks like. And if you want to wake me up and you poke me or you're tossing and turning, I want to kill you. I want to sleep. And then I'm going to be far more interested in in, in wanting to touch you. Yeah. I think, like, sex timing is a huge issue in people's relationships. Mm -hmm. Because, like, so I'm living with a a middle-aged guy. And I am definitely, like, an evening, nighttime sex person. And he is like a, well, if I wake up with this erection, I don't want to waste it kind of sex Mm -hmm. person. Oh, yeah. And I'm like a do not touch me on the rare occasion I get to sleep in the morning. Like, do not come near me. And I feel like that timing is really difficult for a lot of couples. It is, and it, and it changes, right? The one thing I hear from people, like, I, I get a lot of my clients from physicians, right? The doctors will say sex in the doctor's office. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to deal with this. Um, so that piece of being able to, to fix it, and for most men, their testosterone is highest in the morning. And it changes. So, it, you know, it's at 25, no problem, morning, noon, and night, and preferably all three. By the time they're middle-aged, it is the erections can be hit or missed by late afternoon and evening because their testosterone dips so highly. So you want to take advantage or you want to make sure you've got some kind of boner pill, you know, Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, Tamagra, whatever, to manage that because if you're not, it's not going to happen. And there's a lot of men that are avoidant now. You'll see them. They'll be avoidant about sex because they're not sure they can maintain their erections. Or what happens is their erections start to diminish, so they start coming faster because their body wants to ejaculate, so they start coming more quickly. And it's just like, really? So all of a sudden what used to work effortlessly does not. Or women get drier and all of a sudden we need some coconut oil beside the bed or... Um, you know, people have babies in the bed or they have breast cancer or they, you know, like there's so many things that happen. And I think if you amplify that with a lack of sleep and anybody who's perimenopausal or menopausal certainly understands night sweats. Oh my God. And goes, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm yeah, triggered. Run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're personally personally feeling like you're assaulting me with that comment. (laughs) I'm just like, I run hot. I run cold. I don't like I wake up in the morning. I go to bed at night wearing like flannel. I wake up in the morning naked going, what in the fuck just happened to me in my sleep? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I totally, I totally get that. And my God, as we get older and our bodies start to change, um, you know, you know, Ever, you know, you talk about dryness, you talk about erections and all of those things. Um, and yet, you know what? I, I can see how men don't want to talk about maybe not being as virile as they used to be. Because I, I get that it's a sensitive subject. I mean, for women, it's like we own the fact that we're drying up. You know, I, I don't know why there's no shame for a woman <laughs> to talk about our parts and to talk about our bodies. But there's way more shame for a guy. Because yeah. we worked for it. We worked for it. And now that we have it, we're not giving it That's up That's a again. good point. But, like, why are guys, why can't a guy just say, yeah, well, you know, I ain't what I used to be down there. I'm getting older. And this is just the way it goes. But, but, but yeah. guys will never have that. Cause why can't guys just own it? <laughs> well, and, and some of them can. And some of them are, you know, like, I'll get a call at 2 o'clock in the morning on my voicemail. My God, Sue, it, 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 it works. Call the Marines. I want your first available appointment. Whatever it costs, fix this. 
or I'll get them, you know, four years after they've been, you know, having issues dragged in by their partner, by their ear, finally saying, do something, you know, so it, it depends on the guy. And I think, again, it's, it's a, we're in a situation where people need um, a safe place to be able to have that dialogue. And if the relationship is mediocre at best, you know, one of the first questions I ask couples is on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, let's take sex out of the equation. What's your relationship like? And if I get a five, they're not, their feet are not touching in bed. I don't care what size of bed they have. They're just not feeling close. They're not feeling safe. They're not feeling connected. You know, and I, I tell couples that one of the hardest things to do to, is to keep things hot, spicy, connected 5, 10, 20 years into a marriage. And if you're not working at it really hard, it's really not about any other thing. It's about, are you scheduling time for sex? Are you touching? Are you creating intimacy? Are you having dialogue? Are you, do you need tune-up? And the answer usually universally, if you've not spent time on it, is yes. You may be having it, you know, once every two weeks and it's ho-hum. And it doesn't make you want, it's, it's, you know, it, it feels like work. You know, cooking, cleaning, laundry, childcare, trying not to stick to the floor. I got to serve as my partner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't become fun. Right, and sex is adult play. So Honestly, every two weeks sounds good to me. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds yeah. unusually often. <laughs> no, well, it's just, no, it's just for for women as a rule, right? They either want it. I, you know, the universal truth, in my opinion, is that women fall into one of four categories, right? Twenty five percent don't like sex at all for a variety of reasons. Twenty five percent could take it or leave it, usually once or twice a month, around the time they're ovulating or before their period or if they're postmenopausal, you know, kind of, eh, better have some wine and chocolate in the mix. And 25% like it, what I would consider a normal amount, one, two, three times a week. And 25%, I like most men, would like it every day. So 50% of, of women want it, you know, twice a month or less. And the guys are climbing the wall. Here's what I think. It, there is this, like, misconception that women want sex less than men. And that is, like, in my experience, 100% not the case. That is true. And the only reason, like, I could live with less sex in my life, but the only reason I refuse to is because I hate the pressure of, we're only going to do it once every two weeks, and I got to be ready to come. Because, like, sometimes you're not in the right headspace, and if you're only having it infrequently, then it puts this weird pressure on it. So if you're like, oh, well, we'll play more often, and if one day it's you and one day it's me and, like, there's no rules... It, like, just completely releases that pressure. No. Well, I, what I say to couples is once a week is survival, right? Unless you're both on the same page, you want to do it, you know, Christmas and holidays. I, like, but most people, if you want to create that kind of intimacy and you're not, you know, we're best friends, but no sex, please, we're married, you need to create at least some time to be intimate. And it doesn't have to be intercourse. It doesn't have to be pounding away, it can be essential touch, it can be mutual, mutual masturbation, it can be a variety of things, but you better you better have time for it. Otherwise, you feel like friends that co-parent or roommate. It happens, I, you know? Oh, I know. It's the thing that keeps you connected. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I've, I've often said that, um, you know, last, last week's episode, I openly talked about the fact that I'm in the middle of getting a divorce right now. And uh, I'm newly kind of single and navigating all of this. But yeah, at one point in the marriage, I actually discussed, I actually said, it feels like we're the CEOs, the co-CEOs of a corporation. 
and we are keeping our house, you know, like we're, we're basically in, in business together. We're in the business of raising our children. We're in the business of running our home, uh, balancing the books. Like it felt like we were the CEOs of a company. Okay, Sandra, yeah. I have to stop you there because it was like you were the CEO and he was the groundskeeper. Will you please? Let's be honest. Listen, I, I don't want to go there, Hillary, please. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to be such a bee? <laughs> Uh, no comment. No comment. Because you no love comment me. on that subject. <laughs> but I, you know what I mean, Sue, is that um, you just feel like you're in business together and you, you forget somewhere along the way that you used to be boyfriend and girlfriend or, you know. Mm-hmm. That's yep. right. So, yep. and, and you need to go back to what worked at the beginning. You need to, I have a couple who, uh, who they kept talking about, you know, when they were dating and they had this old truck that you picked them up. There was apparently a spring in the truck bed that would hit her and, you know, poke her, but they, they would laugh about this truck. And I said, you know, too bad you don't have the truck. And he says, actually, my dad has it. It's on the farm and it still runs. I said, go get the truck. I said, go get the truck to her up for a date. I said, you got to go make out in the truck. I said, you need to <laughs> create the thing that started you in the first place. I said, you got to get back to ground zero. And sometimes it means a smaller bed. If you're talking about that, sometimes that means doing the things that where you first fell in love with each other. Otherwise, you're, you know, again, you drift away and people change. It's the universal truth, right? We're going to change. So you better work on finding some commonalities. And if not, and if you've been unhappy for longer than six months to a year, you know, sometimes it's time to call it. Sometimes relationships run their course and it feels, it sucks. You know, I've been through a divorce. I certainly know how it feels like. And it's way better on the other side, Sandra. But yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's about that process of understanding where you are and why. And it, I think it's, it's more than that. And I, as I said, my, my opinion about beds are if it works for you and you can still find time to be intimate, but if you're going to be in separate rooms, you better make even more of an effort, right? Most people plan their holidays more than they plan their sex life. And, and I spend, you know, a lot of my days talking to people about date nights and where are you doing this and how are you getting sex and where's your sex? cupboard and do you have toys and all of that and if you're not mindful of that yeah it starts to it, it's hard it's really hard to stay connected you know with so many other pressures you better you better be spending the time and energy on it so getting back to the sleep divorce and this idea that i've seen um I think that that may be the key, that when people choose to live in separate bedrooms, that you do kind of have to put the effort in, and then the other person doesn't feel like, oh, well, you got an erection and you rolled over, and mm -hmm. like that's all the effort you uh -huh. have for me. Do you think that that's what makes these situations successful? Well, <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of that, where it's, it's you know, in a repeat if necessary, or if that's all you get. Audrey Hepburn said men should live close and visit often. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's this idea that, you know, that it's, it's sometimes the hottest sex are people who live, I would say the best, you know, the best thing in my previous relationship would be duplexes upstairs, downstairs, or side by side, where you could have your own space if you can spend the time seeing the best of somebody. Um, you know, every relationship is different. You know, the one I'm in now, uh, I don't want to spend a night away from them. So... You know, it's it's very different in terms of what that looks like. And there isn't one size fits all. So when you're at that stage, it's, 
It's knowing I want this relationship, but it doesn't mean that if you're in separate rooms, and for a lot of people they are because they've got health concerns, a lot of people with sleep apnea, there's lots of people who can't. They like legitimately can't do it. You know, and, and Hillary just you know made a good point about different, you're not getting enough sleep and up in the middle of the night, and you need to function, right? There's, it, it lowers your stress if you get sleep, and we sleep best by ourselves. So if you can say, you know, like I always used to have sex on Monday night, around Monday night football, right? I like football. We'd always have sex at halftime. It was everybody knew not to call me. I didn't take clients on Monday night. And it was, I knew that we were doing something intimate. And by six o'clock on Monday, I was starting to be aroused because it's conditioned response. And so I would tell people, like, book it in your calendar. Anything important in my life I schedule, start thinking about how are you going to do this. Just, just. And again, it can be a massage, it can be a shower together, it doesn't have to be sex. It can be just lighting a candle and being together. But if you don't make it mindful, the stuff gets in the way and it starts to separate that. Yeah, and whether that's, that's so true. Bed or not. Yeah. Uh, Sue, I have to say that I've been sleeping alone since last summer. And originally I thought it was really strange to have that space to myself because I hadn't slept alone in 26 years, 27 years. So it was just very bizarre. And then... I, I will never go back. I'm like, I feel bad if I'm ever in a new relationship. I don't ever want to sleep with anybody ever again. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Once you, once you, you know, you, uh, you are autonomous, sleeping autonomously. It, uh, it's hard to go back to having people who like twitch in their sleep, snore in their sleep, fart in their sleep. Fuck that. I love it. It's great. Mm -hmm. But I, I do worry Mm -hmm. that if I'm in a future relationship, I do worry that I'm going to miss out on a lot of really beautiful, intimate moments with my partner that, if memory served, once happened in my bed. So uh, it, it's, a hard, it's a hard decision to make. Yeah. Although I, you know, I have a lot of people, women, women like sexual adventure. And a lot of women are like, I want to have sex outside of the bedroom. And if you, and again, if you are mindful of it, I don't care. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're saying I'm going to have sex on the kitchen floor while the cookies are baking or, you know, I'm, I'm doing fun things, I'm bending you over the couch because this is what really works for us, great. It doesn't mean that you can't work on that. You know, certainly the, there's a lot of cultures where sleep is sleep. And for anybody, any, you talk to any sleep physician, they're like, I only want you to sleep in your bed. I want you to do everything else, to read and work and sex in different spaces. Because it, it allows for you to get, yeah, it allows for you to get more time. Like when you go to bed, is your condition just sleep? Because if you have insomnia and you're not sleeping well, you need quiet and dark. And if you've got a partner who wants the radio on or wants to go to fall asleep with the TV on, you're just not going to get the REM sleep for you to make those magic leaps in your head to get all the other shit that you got to do in your life done. So, don't beat yourself up about it. Just say, this is the piece I need. I want to, I want to find a space that works for us. And we want to negotiate that, what works for us. And, and not to do, again, there's no one size fits all. And I think, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's great if you can have a magical, like I know a couple who have, who sleep very different, like their, their rooms are really small and side by side, but they have a sex room where they go in and have sex. And they have like a round bed and they have all the, you know, the swing and the, and the hooks and all that stuff. But because they sleep 
they sleep differently. They sleep in kind of single beds in different spots. I like it. If it works for them, great. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with the idea of having a sex bed now. That is brilliant. It is. Yeah. Yeah, sex bed or whatever it is. I, I think, it's, you know, if I had space, I have a sex closet, but I would love a sex room. <laughs> right? Just, yeah. Hillary, is your king-size bed going to be the sex bed? Well, I don't know. I mean, we we will have a guest room, but we also have children, so whatever. But <laughs> I also love the idea of a sex bed because it means that you can have a sex bed and then sleep on clean sheets because there's <laughs> nothing worse than like a rub and you're like, well, who gets the wet spot? Like nobody wants it. Yep. Right, yep. Puppy pads. I'm all about puppy pads. Oh, my God. Dollar, Are you serious? Dollar store puppy pads. Puppy pads. Go to the dollar store. They have them for $3. You get a big whack of them. That's what you use, puppy pads. They're I have fantastic. never heard that out. before. Brilliant. You've never heard that before? Never. Puppy pads. I swear by them. Sue, I was married for 20-some oh, yeah. years. Of course, who the hell was getting laid in my marriage? Nobody. Know, Nobody got, was getting laid. It's also called towels. They work really well. No, you got to uh, wash them. These are seriously. You get a package of 40 for like four bucks and you throw them out. And they're they're waterproof and they're I know, brilliant. but it's like a sex diaper. I can't. <laughs> it's not. It's not perfect, Pat. I just got to make sure nobody thinks you're getting a dog. But it's the, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you watch the Emma, and you watch women lined up with the packages of puppy pads. You watch. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. <laughs> and really happy looking. Yeah, real happy. Hillary, now I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, getting back to the sleep divorce, because I'm blushing. Um, one of the cool things that uh, I have read about the whole situation is that just because you have separate rooms doesn't mean you necessarily have to sleep in them all the time. So they, they have, like, what they call sleepovers, where it's like, yeah. is it your place or mine? Kind of like you're back in college, and you kind of switch mm-hmm. between the two. Or even, like, and this is something that's never happened in my world, but I feel like it would be really nice if you had separate bedtimes. It would be, like, to tuck each other in and have a cuddle, but then go your separate ways. Yep. Yep. I, I think anything that's intimate, because, you know, when you say the word sex, you know, certainly for guys, I think, you know, it's not necessarily always about sex, right? Sometimes you think how you say romance and intimacy and they think sex, but not always. You want, they want the touch, they want the cuddles, they want the connection, and it's, it's, and it's great. I think the idea of being tucked in is wonderful, and you need to find, you know, it's about compromise. I was talking to somebody over the weekend, and they said that, you know, when, when he comes to her place, she wants quiet and, and dark. And he falls asleep with the TV on. So at, at her house, it's her rule. At his house, it's his rule. And they know they're never going to live together because they've both been married before. And they, it works for them. They just, you know, they have, they have this, this, this time and they think they have this great relationship, but it's, they're not living together. They're not dealing with that. And for a lot of people, that's okay. And to give them permission, because we live in a culture where they think if you're not sleeping together, oh my God, your relationship's ending. I don't think that at all. I think that you need to find what works for you. And as I said, I function so much better when I get sleep and I'm, you know, kinder and more productive and all of the things that I am. If I'm not sleeping, I don't care which bed it is. Just get out of my way. I want to sleep. And I certainly spend a bunch of time thinking about 
you know, what kind of hot sex I can have. And yes, it's nice to do it in the bedroom, but sometimes it's nice to not do it in the bedroom. And, you know, they think, they think that men want sexual adventure, but not anywhere close to what women want. Women want it. You know, they want rose petals. They want it in hotel sheets. They want it rolling around the surf from here to eternity. They want, you know, they want it in, you know, it's, you know top of buildings or in an elevator. Or they want that stuff because it's exciting to them. And if it's the same old, same old, and guys are rolling over going, wanna? <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the yeah, it's the, it's the Irish foreplay. You know, brace yourself, Bridget. You know, that's the, that's the thing, right? But you know, uh, what, okay. Can I, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Sue, and all of those things are true, but you know, women also want to really be desired. And if I was going to like plan a sleepover with somebody I was seeing or even my significant other, and they were like, yeah, not tonight, my feelings would legit get hurt. Like I would really be hurt if somebody didn't want to have the honor of my presence in their bed. Well, I think it's, I think you have to negotiate that, right? If somebody's saying I've got sleep apnea or I have, I've got night sweats and I really don't want to wake you up. Or if you're up at four o'clock in the morning and can't get back to sleep, you know, you're going to go to the living room and, you know, work on your computer for a little while until you get rid of the hamster wheel in your head. You know, that's okay. And sometimes that happens, right? If I'm, if my head's busy, I want to get up, I want to work on my phone, I want to do my to-do list, and then I can go back to sleep. Or if I've had a bad dream, I want to get up, read my phone, read some trashy novel that's going to change the tape in my head. I don't want to disturb you because you need sleep too. And I don't want to deal with grumpy partner the next day. And if somebody, if you have to negotiate to say that sometimes I'm using my words and it's not. I need you not to, to read into this. I need you not to take this personally. And this is not about drama. This is not a, a sign that there's a problem in our relationship. This is really what it is and not to read too much into it. Anyway, I, I think that's I, I so think... hard, though, to not feel that sense of rejection. Because I think I feel like it's human nature that when someone chooses something over you, even though it, there are perfectly good reasons, we all internalize it because we're all insecure as hell yeah yeah and it, it is hard and it's you know being a grown-up and using your words is you know is is difficult it's about saying this is what i need and i tell people i'm in the needs business it's about figuring out what do you need and how do you communicate that and in you can say i need this kind of space and are you okay with this and can we find other ways i'm going to come into your bed every morning at six o'clock with my cold feet and <laughs> up against you and we were gonna have time every morning to be together. But come eleven o'clock when you're still, you know, watching, you know, I don't know, all kinds of late night television, I need to sleep. I'm going to my own room so that I can actually get the you know, the full the first five hours of solid sleep and I am going to be the happy partner you want the next day. I think if you negotiate that, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a liaison. I'm going to meet you at the couch at 3 o'clock. Take your, you know, take your, your, you know, your Viagra, your Cialis, and I will make sure I've got the lube in. And we are going to have a rendezvous on the couch. Bring the puppy pets. You don't get it all over the, you know, the Italian leather couch. <laughs> we're Scotch puppy pets, man. They're so versatile. Have, yeah, we're going to have a rendezvous in the middle of the day and it doesn't mean that we're not intimate and it means that we can do that. So those kinds of negotiations in a relationship, I think are brilliant. 
Uh, you've been talking about sex for a few decades now, yes? Yeah, yeah, it was just north of 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. Uh, do you ever get tired of people telling you their goddamn sex problems? I mean, it's just like, it must be, it's just, it's timeless, all of these problems. It never goes away. Why can't we fucking figure, away. why can't we figure our shit out, Sue? Yeah, well, like, you know what? I love talking about sex. I still think I have the best job in the entire universe. I, I get paid to talk about sex, and it's a cool <laughs> gig, and I love it. Um, and you're right, it's timeless. And, you know, you know, there are times where I have the same conversation over and over again. But most of the time, and again, there's no one size fits all. There's enough nuances and enough things to keep it fresh and interesting. So it's a great gig. I, I you know, I have the best job in the world. I agree. By the way, um, Sue, you have a Facebook group, a Ducklings Facebook group? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I, I don't know how, but somebody has, I don't know when and I don't know how, but I'm part of your your Ducklings group. <laughs> and I don't, here, I never joined it. I just, all of a sudden, one day I was part of your your sex group. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if you, you call, I don't know if you call it a sex group, but it's just like, the, the <laughs> it's the coolest little group of like, really open sexual people who just talk about great sexual things and they share funny memes. And I'm like, I don't know how I got into your goddamn club, but I'm in it, Sue. I'm in it. You're in it. Well, well I'm glad. I like you better already, Sandra. Yeah, yeah. You're duckling. Well, the ducklings are this, this great group. It started seven years ago when I was doing workshops on how to keep it hot and love languages and tantric sex and what's new with toys and and it was uh, Fifty Shades of Grey at that time, top of the New York Times bestselling list. And I was doing these workshops with half couples, half singles. And we brought in one of the top dominatrixes in the country to do a talk. And she said, wait, 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 why don't you come see my dungeon? And I went, all right, everybody, there's a field trip next week. We're going to go to the dungeon. And we went and toured the dungeon, and she was fabulous. And then we all went for beer afterwards. And everybody was like, this is the best date night ever. What are we doing next week? And I'm like, I don't know, but I know where the brothel is. And I said, they'll give us a tour. I called it Beer Bowling and Brothel because it was right beside the bowling lane. And, <laughs> the, uh, and people are like, can I bring my friends? And I'm like, sure. And then we put 200 people through that brothel and it exploded. Everybody wanted a date night that wasn't dinner and a movie, dinner and movie. So we had half couples, half singles, pretty much evenly split male and female. And it was just an open, happy, fun. We only had three rules, no drama. No mean people. We kicked out all the mean girls. You're talking. I, I didn't want to deal with mean. Uh, kindness matters. We had no sexual aggression. And if we got, you know, those three and everybody else, and you get rid of the mean people, you get rid of the dumbasses, you're left with some people's <laughs> exceptional character. Now it's become a community. People help each other. And it's just this fun group of people who just don't want to turn into their parents. We do all kinds of crazy activities. We have an online dating group. We just it's just fun. It's fun, 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 fun. So we yeah, the the, the Facebook group is one of a bunch of things. We have the we are the ducklings dot com site. We have a as I said, duckling dating. It's it's and it's now in four cities. We got a we got like four thousand, five thousand people in Florida and you know, people in Montreal and Toronto and yeah, it's great. Well, congratulations. How did you come up with the name the duckling? Oh, oh that's a that's a 
So I, at the very first event, I kept saying, okay, because going up in this elevator to this penthouse where this dominatrix is, right? And it's like behind the red velvet rope. And I kept going, okay, everybody, don't get lost. Gather around. And somebody said, they're like my ducklings. They were following me down the hall. And it stuck. And then somebody got a duckling tramp stamp tattoo on the small of their back. And I could never change the name. So we are the ducklings. It became this thing. And I, I can't tell you how many plastic ducks I own because everybody thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> and they give me little ducks. So, yeah, I know it's good. I have it's, to say, uh, when I first heard the name, I immediately assumed that it was fucklings. And then it was oh no. auto-corrected to ducklings. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. No, no, it's it really... I tell everybody we're not a, you know, yeah, we're a sex positive group. And yes, we want to be sexy and flirty, but you know, we're like, if you've ever been to a, you know, I, I speak at some of the swing conventions. We are so not that because those guys are way out there. We are in the middle, you know, so, see, we're not your parents bridge club, but we are not the swing club. We're in the middle. We're happy and sexy and fun and safe. And funny. And, and and like, like, I and find funny you funny, too. Happy. Yes, I find all of those things. I get notifications, and I, I still to this day go, how the fuck did I get in this group? But okay, oh. I'm happy to be part of it now. <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah, because you now have to be approved. And, you know, you would have, of course, since the food center. But people, you know, like, it's, it's, we, I, we take safety really seriously. So the minute you try and do, you know, you get guys, you know, because everybody gets those unsolicited, hey, babe, on, you know, messages on Facebook. And you just like, delete, 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 delete. Like, none of that happens. So it's a fun place to talk about sex positive things without feeling creeped at all. So oh, that's that's always great. a good place. Yeah, that's great. And it looks to me like you you have involved a lot of couples. I don't know how many singles you have, but uh, I love that there's all these Lots? couples and every. Oh, good. Oh, well, that's good yeah, to know yeah. for future. Yeah, good yeah. to we're know. We're doing we're doing a we're doing a dating <laughs> event coming up. We're just talking about it. We got a we got a world class comedian who's going to do the original dating game. You'd be, oh you'd be my great God. As, the, as the bachelorette, Sandra. Oh, my God. Great as the bachelorette. I'm not ready oh, to yeah. be a bachelorette, Sue. <laughs> I don't know about okay, that. As you said, it's, it's a funny thing. And we've got three funny bachelors. You know, just ask questions. And then we're doing breakout rooms on, you know, what is the worst day you've ever been on? And, you know, if you were dressed up like a superhero, which would you want? <laughs> you know, just was a what a funny like funny stories where people can be in moderated breakout rooms because we're trying to do virtual dating. Oh, I love you know I'd love to come out to crazy. one event and I would certainly love to watch it, but I don't think uh, I don't think the boys could handle me as the bachelorette right now. Oh, they're all all right. So, so, so a lot of this is virtual. You can oh. do it anywhere because we're in a pandemic and I have to be locked down. And yeah. you could be in a breakout room with a fake name and no picture, right? <laughs> just yeah. just be that. Just be the fly on the wall as you get more comfortable with being, you know, part of this whole dating thing, right? Because it's, it's people who, you know, it's, it's learning those new skills and saying, okay, I want to, I want to dip a toe and how do I do that? And this is the process. And then next thing you know, we're buying a king size bed and avoiding each other. Yeah, I know how this goes, Sue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're hoping to be a little more positive than that, but yeah. It's, it's, we'll, we'll, I'm we'll totally kidding. I'm totally I kidding. Uh, Sue, I, I loved having this conversation with you. I love that my one of my favorite people, Hillary, got to meet one of the women that I admire most. Uh, and I love okay. that we had this conversation today. And Sue, I am excited that I'm one of your ducklings. I'll follow you um, anywhere, anytime. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss 1053. Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 1053. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast.
Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find The Quick and the Dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.